today. I'm going to go try to test drive that new Tesla Model 3 Highland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's got, like, no stocks now. That's that's a game changer. Why is that a game changer? No, it's not. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'd rather have stocks. But um, Yeah, but it, you know what? Like, with that car, like, you have the stock on there, just like an old car, right? Yeah. Because you used to you used to shift on the um, yeah. steering column, so right, yeah. I mean, you get used to it really fast, but this now you now you have to shift on the screen, which uh, a lot of the Model S has already had that. You said shift. You're not shifting. You're no, just you're changing just t- telling you which park. direction you want to go. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're putting it in park, and I think it are it it predicts like if there's no if the car's facing out that you, it's going to put you in in forward. You know, it knows you want to go forward. If there's like a if there's a wall in front of you, it's going to put you in back yeah. <laughs> by default. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but I don't mind the stocks, but the, there's a lot the of, there's some pretty good upgrades on it though. Um, so yeah. I want to check it out. I mean, once the performance version comes out, that I'll be really interested, but yeah. I'll, I'll make a video. If anybody's interested in the new model three, I'll, I'll, I'll put that well, up. Maybe aren't you getting a lot of, uh, are you getting a lot of hate, hate comments on your Tesla? Yeah, that's good. That's always good. Like, <laughs> The more people that view are, are the better. I don't care. Yeah. If they're, if they're hate or happy. Um, yeah, exactly. Right, so, so um, a couple of things we want to talk about. There's a bunch of new things in the Genius Cloud, but quickly, like anyone that's installing Wi-Fi 6 or uh, Wi-Fi 7, 6E or 7 access points, right? So yeah. any 6 gigahertz access points, um, you're going to want to set up uh, probably a new SSID because um, Wi-Fi 6E and Wi-Fi 7 require uh, WPA3. That's um, right, yeah. So, so the, the, the problem there is that there's a lot of legacy devices out there. You know, you have a lot of Internet Things devices that you still want to connect to these access points. So you're going to have to give them, um, uh, you know, WPA2 or a mixed, a mixed PSK, right? Yeah. Um, so... So yeah, so you're gonna want to set up a separate SSID now. So, so if you notice all of a sudden you you, you set up the Wi-Fi seven AP and like your clients can't connect. Like I noticed, I had an iPad iPad Air two, which is older, doesn't does not support WPA three, so it wouldn't connect to to uh, Wi-Fi right. seven SSID, right? Um, yeah, and we we run into this we run into this issue all the time, right? Yeah. Like, like there's, there's always legacy devices, devices out there that don't 100% support like other proto other newer protocols on newer technology. Right. You run into it a lot. Right. <clears throat> They're all backward compatible, but you just have to enable the right options. If you're having an issue, just just look at it and be oh well this device does not support WPA3. Yeah. Um, most of the newer ones do the new iPhone or everything, but if you have an old iPad or Older iPhones, the, the, right there, you're gonna have to create a separate SSID. You probably will anyway, because there's a lot of devices in the home and work environment that yeah probably won't support it. And and a lot of those smart devices, those IoT devices, you're putting it on a separate SSID anyway. Right. Yeah. You want to put it on a and separate SSID to most likely that it's on 2.4 gigahertz, right? Only. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. So, so. The, the, we've added a few things to Ingenious Cloud this week or in the last week or so, right? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff has been popping up. Yeah. Right on um, on the cloud. So there's yeah, there's a lot of new features on there. 
that are pretty exciting features, I would say. Yeah, so I'll put up my screen here for a second just to show a couple. So one is this multi-link operation here. Yeah, um, this is nice. Yeah, we're talking about Wi-Fi 7. So this allows Wi-Fi 7 clients to be able to create multiple asynchronous links with different bands and transmit data concurrently to increase the total bandwidth and stability and lower the latency. This is available <laughs> from a 1.7 or above on Wi-Fi 7 models. That, that's a great wow, description. You, uh, you, you almost said that like you're reading it. It was kind of yeah, weird. That's like right from here. Um, so, so yeah, so this, this option here, um, it basically enables multi-link on Wi-Fi 7. So this is one yeah. of the new features uh, that Wi-Fi 7 has, but it's client dependent. So we're not sure, we, we haven't tested yet with a client that can do multi-link that we 100% know. Yeah, uh, I don't know working. if there's a, a client out there that does support uh, multi-link operation. Right. But if, if anybody knows, please comment. Yeah, let us know if there is a client that is actually supporting it. Now, I have Windows 11 Insider Preview, and I keep updating it and the drivers, Intel drivers for the BE200. Um, but I'm still not seeing proof that it's doing multi-link. I'm seeing some stuff that it sees the co-located access points, and it gives them multi-link IDs, but I don't see... It actually combining uh, bandwidth, yeah. so aggregating the speeds, aggregating yeah. the speeds, right? So yeah. that could be happening now. Uh, let's see. Now, so, just really quick, while you're looking, so if you if you didn't see Jeff's screen, you the configuration for Ingenious Cloud is it's under the SSID configuration. So when you go to configure access point SSID, mm -hmm. multi-link is going to be in that that section, and yes. you're just enabling that MLL. Right. M-L-O. Yeah. So, yeah. So then the other thing uh, that we want to show is a couple new switch features, right? So I'm going oh, yeah. to go to my switches real quick here um, and look at this. Okay, I'm going to put the window back up. And, okay, so this is the, the really cool, ingenious cloud detail screen on this 24-port multi-gig switch I have here. Um, right. So if we go over to PoE, there's this new feature called uh, PD Lifeguard. Um, so if you configure this, basically, um, Brian, you can describe it better than me. Um, yeah, so PD Lifeguard is basically powered device lifeguard. So, yeah. so if I'm running uh, one of our switches, like I think, Jeff, you're running the ECS 25 28 FP, yes. I think, yes, that's uh, which is a multi-gig switch, um, and it's supplying power to a multiple devices in your house, right? Yeah. So it's it's powering up a an access point, right? So PD Lifeguard, depending on the port, what port this particular AP is in, you can configure that port to basically ping the access point to make sure it's up and live and running. Yeah. And if it's not, you you know, this will recycle the port. It will power cycle the port uh, to reboot the uh, the access point or whatever's on the um, end of that uh, that Ethernet cable. It could be a surveillance camera, for IP, example. Yeah, I have a bunch of IP cameras on that switch too, so I could say, hey, if the, it's ping's not responding in 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 um, certain amount of time, thirty seconds max, it says. Um, then uh, cut the power, right? So you have like ping max count, power recovery interval, reboot max retry, so it's gonna try three times. Um, boot up time. The, you do have to be a little careful with the boot up times on these because um, you wanna make sure that it waits long enough um, 
to let the device come back up, right? Before it tries to cut power again. Right. I've experienced that with the with the PDU also. Like when you have that enabled, um, like say your cable modem, it takes the, maybe it takes cable modem, I don't know, almost a minute to come back up and, and acquire uh, an IP address again, right? Yep, that's right. So you gotta be a little careful there, but yeah, that that's a really cool feature. Um, and it's, it's a basic feature too. It's not under the pro license. That's correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, that's really nice. That's in there uh, for the ingenious switch. And what was the other thing we wanted to look at on the switch? Oh, so they also added, Oh yeah. yeah. Um, also added, um, wired stations. So we, we've had customers asking about this for a while. Um, now where is it, Brian? It's under switches. <laughs> uh, we saw it you a minute ago. Oh, it's, under clients. And then... it's under clients. Yeah, under... All right, so yeah. let me turn it back on. All right, so so we see uh, under clients here on the Ingenious Cloud, um, we have wireless clients, and that now we have wired clients. Oh, I'm gonna read the description too. Wired clients will display the clients that are directly connected to the downlink port on the switch. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so not all not all clients are going to be wireless, right? They're going to be wired. So for example, in my house, um, I have a lot of wireless clients, but I also have a TV that's directly connected. So that's directly connected to my switch port, right? Yeah. So the wired client list will give you that information. Like my in my case, it's a Samsung TV, gives me the MAC address, how long it's been online, and what it's connected to, which switch it's connected to. So. Um, and it's telling me the connected, connecting port, if it's on a VLAN, what the IP address is, the operating system, uh, the, you know, the download, upload. Uh, so it just gives you more information about the client devices that are connected within your network. And so we provide wireless client, wired client, gateway clients, VPN clients, Bluetooth clients. Now, a quick note about Bluetooth clients, you have to have like an ECW-230S or an ECW-220S to be able to see the Bluetooth clients because those particular APs have a Bluetooth uh, chip in it that can read that information. Yeah, so I, I did see that. So yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, switches here and it's showing like basically every device that's directly connected to it. Um, I don't know, like it, it's interesting. Um, it's showing like my telephones, everything that's plugged in Raspberry Pi, uh, everything that's directly connected um, to the switch port, but it's, I don't think it's showing wireless clients here that uh, either from the Genius or other APs. So right. I, it's like I said, the downstream device that's plugged into the switch port. Right. Yeah. So all the clients are segmented in, in different in different ways. Yeah. The one thing that, um, just a quick note. Um, we should probably add clients to the detail page of the switch Yeah. Uh, to see what clients are connected to that switch. So that would be interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Because that right now be... you, it basically has a link uh, to what switch the client is connected to. Um, that's right. But this this is just another you know great tool for troubleshooting, basically. Um, exactly. You know, yeah. it, if, the, if it has an IP address that, it, that it's uh, probably ARPed, then it will uh, show that shows the vendor and how much data that that device is pulling. So that's really nice. Yeah. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> All right, Brian. Anything else you want to talk about this week? I know we both sound sick, so we got. Like, I can't talk anymore. I know that's it. That's it for this week. All right. 
Remember to like and subscribe next week. We'll be back, and I'm going to do a test drive of that Tesla, so remember to watch that. Okay.